going on? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the program. Pete Callender here. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. And uh, understand there's a bit of a traffic enforcement operation underway in Charlotte. I mean, it's got to be CMPD if they're stopping, right, if they're stopping vehicles for non-moving violations and regulatory stops, you know, like an expired tag or something. That's got to be CMPD because the sheriff's office, the sheriff says that they're not going to be stopping. Well, they said they're not going to be stopping, as far as I could tell, given the interview that McFadden gave to Brett Jensen last night on Brett's show at 7 o'clock here on WBT. It sounds like if you are a minority uh, non-white citizen or driver, I should say, because there's no way of knowing whether you're a citizen or not because he's not cooperating with ICE anyway. So, all right, a, a driver who is... Uh, who is not white, not Caucasian, um, although I don't know. Does that apply to people who don't identify as white, but may, like the Rachel Dolezals of the, do you know she has an OnlyFans? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Point here is that if you are not white and a driver, then I think you're allowed to drive around with expired tags. I think that's the rule. Um, at least as far as the sheriff is concerned. Now, CMPD, oh, yeah, they're, they're still going to pull you over. Okay. Yeah, they're going to pull you over. Um, if you, but if you're a sheriff's deputy, then they're they're not going to pull over. I guess people who uh, have the expired tags that uh, are, uh, I guess, uh, racially expressing themselves as not white. That's as far as I can tell. The reason I say this is because there was an answer to one of the questions that a caller posed to the sheriff last night. And that's what he said. All right, so this is all about this policy. And by the way, I remember, like, I mentioned this the other day. The city of Asheville, they implemented this uh, policy as well several years ago. And this was because the Awfuls and the uh, Trustafarians, the the lily-white leftists of Asheville, uh, I mean, because seriously, like, Asheville's, I think, it's like 7% non-white it's it is a very very white city okay it's a white town it's it's the size of rock hill but it has no charlotte next to it so it's about ninety thousand people and it is the the most populous city in western north carolina and so it's this little playground for yes tourists that come and look at the drum circle but also it's the uh the playground for all of the the lefties the off the the awfuls are the awfls the the affluent white female liberals. And so they're, they're, you know, summer homes there. They spend their winters in Florida or California. You know, the, they're independently wealthy and all of this. They got family trust accounts and such. And they were like, we don't want to get busted with our shrooms, our LSD, our, uh, our weed. And so stop pulling people over. This really came to a head actually when, uh, a city councilman actually got a bus. He got busted for DUI, um, and then there was another one who um, he didn't uh, like. They also uh, uh, changed all of the search policies so they couldn't be uh, uh, searching people's book bags on uh, the sidewalks in uh, downtown Asheville because uh, that's where you keep your weed, and so they didn't want that happening either. See, so it's all about you know telling the police not to enforce certain kinds of laws which i'm old enough to remember when people made a big deal about the racism the systemic racism in our society and how like for example you could 
run around with a bunch of cocaine and then you could run around with a bunch of crack. But cocaine was done by white people, crack done by black people. And so the crack laws were uh, stiffer because it was racism. Right. I'm, I'm old enough to remember that. Now they're just like advocating, hey, you know, don't bust us for these types of crimes <laughs> because these are our drugs of choice. So we don't want you uh, taking us down for this stuff. Well, these are, you know, th- these are not new ideas. These new policies, these new uh, uh, focuses uh, to say we're not going to to do the traffic stops for non-moving violations. But what they are dressing them up in is this uh, anti-poverty narrative that and, and look, there is an element of truth to this, right? Where if you own a car and you are working poor and you miss your tax payment uh, your inspection sticker, you can't get uh, registration or you let your driver's license lapse or, you know, you lose your driver's license for some reason and then you just, you know, keep driving. Then, you know, I mean, that's because you're it's harder for you to get back on the right side of the law because you don't have the disposable income. Right. You can't afford to pay for this stuff. Which was actually one of the big problems when they started trying to uh, to jam up people, this happened in Mecklenburg County about 15 years ago, where they tried to jam up uh, the people with the older cars. <laughs> they, they were like, we should make it extra expensive for you or the old cars that don't have all the environmental controls on them. Yeah, let, let's yeah, let's whack them with an extra tax for global warming purposes. Right. We're going to tax the older cars more because uh, they make more of an environmental negative impact. And then, of course, it was pointed out, I believe it was the county commissioners, it was pointed out to them that, hey, uh, you know, the, the it's the poor people that usually have the older cars. They can't afford the new cars. Awfuls. Hey, awfuls. Yeah, not everybody can afford brand new cars. I've never owned a brand new car, ever, my entire life. Neither me nor my wife. We've never owned a new car in our lives. I mean, we have purchased newer cars than we owned. Right? We're always on a we're always on sort of an eight-year leg, you know, <laughs> whatever year it is now, rewind about eight years, and that's usually the model that we're looking at in that, that sort of time frame. So the, I understand the argument that you don't have the money to keep up with all of the costs of the car, and if, you know, one, uh, expend, you're one expense away from getting on the wrong side of that. So what Gary McFadden, the sheriff of Mecklenburg County, has decided is we're not going to pull them over because racism. First off, my first question on all of this is, how many racist deputies do you have working for you? Apparently, this has been going on. I mean, I know he fired a couple of people, like the black woman who was in charge of the jail, and then a bunch of people started dying in the jail, but whatever. Like, I know that there are people that are making these stops that you obviously must be talking about. So how many people have you fired inside of the sheriff's office that are racist as they're driving patrol, which that's a new thing, too, right? So first, first off, he's like, I don't have the staff for the jail. And he's moving people, sending them off to patrol, which CMPD does. So now he's got them working patrol, but don't be looking at the license plates. So apparently there were a bunch of racist deputies that started making stops, right? Is that what happened? Who were those racists? This is one of the things about, quote, systemic racism. It's always like punching smoke. It's like, well, show me who the racist is so we can, you know, get rid of the racist. Oh, no, no. It's institutional. Well, wait, what? The building is racist? 
Is it the, the brick and mortar? What, the carpets, the paint? Tell me. Like, I want to fight this too. But how come, how come you can't identify the people? It seems to me like this would be a pretty easy thing to spot. Pull up the records and say, hey, we got, uh, you know, Deputy Whitey McWhiteson over here, and he's, uh, he's, he's constantly stopping uh, minorities for moving viol- non-moving violations. Hey, maybe that's the racist. I mean, also with the name like, you know, Whitey McWhiteyness or Whitey McClan, something like that. All righty, so WBT has been reporting this actually for about a week now that uh, the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office is now no longer going to be pulling people over, pulling drivers over for non-moving violations. Uh, This press release uh, was put out, uh, I'm looking at the date here, September 19th. According to the new policy, deputies may charge a driver with regulatory offenses only after having stopped a vehicle for a more serious and or potentially hazardous violation. However, regulatory offenses cannot be the sole basis for a traffic stop. Examples of regulatory offenses. So when you hear regulatory offenses, you're hearing non-moving violations. So this includes any kind of financial responsibility violations, right? So no insurance, uh, any kind of vehicle inspection violation, any kind of driving with license revoked violation, certain vehicle equipment violations, such as improper mufflers, non-working headlights or rear lights, window tinting. By the way, I got pulled over one time for not having a headlight working. I didn't even know that the headlight was out. You got If you got a busted taillight and you don't know the taillight is broken, or how about all of them are broken? What, what if there's a short in the, in the line and none of your taillights are working and you, know, you don't ever get pulled over, so you never know that? And you can't understand... Why people keep screaming up to you at the stoplights all the time. It's a, that's a very dangerous thing. What about during rainstorms, right? I would like to be able to see the uh, the, the taillights and the headlights, I mean, obviously, except for the gray car drivers, because rules don't apply to them. But um, I would like to see the, the lights of the car in front of me in a rainstorm, wouldn't you? Or, in, or at night, wouldn't you? By the way, usually when people are driving around without their lights on at night, you know what that tells me? They're probably under the influence. That's usually what happens. They're probably under the influence. Oh, that's profiling. Yeah, kind of, I guess. But is it racial profiling? No, that's just anybody. If you're driving around at night and you forgot to turn the headlights on and you don't notice that the headlights aren't on, you're probably blitzed. All right, you're under the influence. You've been partaking in something. Um, they're not going to, uh, uh, they're not going to pull people over for window tinting. If it's too dark, don't worry about that. Tint away, people tint away, conduct all manner of illegal activities on the roads. No problem. Um, oh, but so if you're into the kidnapping, right, if that's, if that's your jam, just, just seriously tint the windows. And well, I mean, see, the problem here is that this is just for the deputies, This is just for Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office. This is not for CMPD. 
So I feel like I might be leading people astray a bit when I tell the kidnappers, hey, go ahead and just, you know, tint the windows as dark as you'd like because the deputies are not going to be pulling you over. But CMPD will. So maybe I'm setting up the kidnappers to get caught. Maybe that's this play. Maybe this is the whole thing. Look, part of this is part of this is um, the freedom to fail, right? Sheriff McFadden has the freedom to fail. He's going to suffer virtually no repercussions for doing this policy because the sheriff's office doesn't do the vast majority of traffic stops. CMPD does. When they consolidated, they had the they had Mecklenburg police and they had Charlotte police years ago, like 30, 40 years ago, and they consolidated. They turned it into Charlotte Mecklenburg police. And that was put under the jurisdiction of the city of Charlotte. And you've got the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office. And they handle, you know, serving the warrants. And they handle the, um, the, the jail and courtroom security, right? These are the things that they do. So they divided up the, the duties. And now you got Sheriff McFadden, who used to be murder police over at CMPD. He now is the sheriff and has been for, what, four years? He's, up for, uh, he's about to be, uh, uh, w- he, well, yeah, he's going to win his reelection because he won the primary and the Republicans don't have anybody to run against him. And so he's up for reelection. He'll win again. And he's now decided to start doing traffic stops. And the, uh, from what I understand, the initial focus of the traffic stopping was white people up in North Mech. And it was explicitly done because the white people up in North Mech need to you know, be targeted for speeding, of course, for speeding. These are moving violations. I mean, this guy is, I mean, he's, he's clearly, he's clearly playing with like a full deck of race cards and he's, you know, clearly making these overtures to uh, one portion of the community that, that honestly he depends on for his reelection. So if it seems like he doesn't care what white people think about him, it's because he doesn't have to, doesn't matter. Right, his election is decided in the primary, and the primary in the Democrat uh, Party is decided by black women. So, sorry, you know, white folk in Mecklenburg, this is you know, this is the sheriff. This is who we got. Um, and he makes it very clear in the chat he had last night, right here on WBT, that this is not changing. And this is you know, and he and he dresses this this stuff up. And I've heard him do it before. He dresses it up with, well, you know, you should know who I am, dude. I have a pretty good idea who you are. Coming through loud and clear, loud and clear. I judge you by your words and your deeds. I don't need to know everything about you. Although, if you're going to share this stuff with the community, could you tell us why you can no longer, uh, why you would not be allowed to testify in court? Could you tell folks that? Maybe explain why you would be impeachable on the stand? That's what I've heard. And you refused to address it at the FOP debate, so I just thought I would maybe throw that one out there. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110, and 1-800-WBT-1110. The email is Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. You can also hit me up on the Twitter machine at Pete Callender. Let's go over here to the phone lines. Here is Richard. Hello, Richard. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Um, hey, I'm good. What's good? Uh, I'm a retired NYPD, and... You know, this is what happens, unfortunately, when the uh, Democrat socialists have a monopoly on power. They weaken 
uh, uh, law and order. So, if you don't stop people for uh, equipment violence, see, one thing leads to another. The small things lead to big things. So, if you stop the small things, you could stop the bigger things. That's why we had the broken windows theory in New York. Mm -hmm. And just to give you one quick example, a guy named David Berkowitz, a.k.a. the son of Sam, who was a serial killer, was caught from a parking ticket. Just, I just want to put that out there to people. The little things. Yeah, Ted Bundy was caught much the same way. Ted Bundy was caught by a uh, by a cop just driving by and saw the car and uh, ran the tags. Like that's just that that used to just be the normal uh, the the normal way of things uh, for policing. And and I understand that you've got you know police that then would look at someone and they'd say, oh, you know, if there's some racial animus towards a particular racial demographic, that cop would then say, oh, this looks like a uh, this looks like a, a a suspect in something, or they're black, and so I'm going to target them. I I don't doubt that that occurs and has occurred for a very long time. I don't doubt that at all. I there's I mean, and there is some kernel of uh, of truth. This was you know for my people, the Irish, right? We got targeted when uh, when yeah. we arrived uh, up in you know Ellis Island, and and you because know, we were criminals and all of this, and so uh, people have been targeted. So I don't deny that that obviously exists. I also cannot deny that there is a certain, just like the Scots Irish represent a very large portion of. Uh, the crime stats inside the white demographic. I can also not deny the demographic breakdown of crime writ large across America, and that also is part of this complex, nuanced picture, right? Like one of the questions for the sheriff would be, is it possible that people who are getting more of the tickets are getting more of the tickets because they are engaging in more of the bad behavior? Is that possible? Yeah, so that they're irresponsible people, and when you have somebody who's in power who's enacting some sort of race uh, uh, revenge, it's very dangerous because he has power. Yeah. All right, and you said you were you, you said you were NYPD. It's weird. Uh, I don't I don't detect an accent like at all. Yeah, uh, <laughs> NYPD twenty years, <laughs> another 10, 15 years uh, investigations of affordable housing. All over New York, not a pleasant thing either. No, I imagine not. I imagine not. Are you so are you down in North Carolina now or South Carolina? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm down here uh, in North Carolina. Uh, unfortunately, I live a little close to Mecklenburg. I don't live in Mecklenburg, but I'm somewhat disappointed. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> that I find myself very close to the crazies again in Mecklenburg because. They're, they're, they're the same craziness that goes on in New York. They, they, yeah. They're running Mecklenburg and running uh, running it into the ground. Same, right. same nut jobs. Well, this is why we say, look, and I'm originally from Long Island, and I will, you know, one of the things, I came down here and I started seeing all these other people follow me from New York. I mean, I am a bit of a trendsetter, uh, you know, to be fair, but, uh, I, I, like, I, I don't want people coming here and bringing their politics with them. I, I, I'm not a fan exactly. of that at all. So, hey, uh, I appreciate it. Like a sign on the highway. Uh, if you're coming from the Northeast, please leave your uh, your liberal progressive politics in the, yeah. in the Northeast. Yeah, don't don't change this into the thing that you fled. So, uh, Richard, I appreciate the call, sir. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right, buddy. Um, yeah, this is there was a uh, there was an old uh, friend of mine who was a retired LAPD, and uh, one day we were uh, out somewhere and. Uh, 
uh, car drives by and it's got the loud music thumping and the windows rattling and, you know, just the obnoxiousness of that. And the this retired LAPD says to me, you know what we would call that? And I said, no. And he said, a stat. That's a stat. I said, why is that a stat? He says, because if I pull that car over, I guarantee you I'm going to. And we couldn't see who was driving it. You couldn't tell who was driving it. The car was just driving by. It was just the windows were up and it was tinted. So it's just it's but you could hear it. And it was super loud and obnoxious, as they all are. And uh, almost as obnoxious as the the loud pipes on the little cars. Like what's. Yeah, where they like they sound like they're struggling at every depression of the gas pedal. Anyway, uh, he said, if I pull that car over, I'm, I said, I guarantee you I'm going to find uh, uh, drugs. I'm going to find some sort of uh, 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 maybe an outstanding warrant or, or revocation of the license and uh, maybe even a firearm. That's why we call it a stat. Now, why is that? Right now, now, you could say, oh, well, he's just a racist cop. LAPD racist. Spoiler alert, he's Hispanic. But um, the, but the, there's a reason why he would make that guess. So you never, nobody ever wants to look at the other side of this equation, which is the fact that he knows with a pretty good certainty that this is going to be the case indicates what? That it most often times is the case, right? This, I, I often say this, if you don't want people to, uh, uh, to treat you in a certain way, then you shouldn't dress the part, right? You shouldn't give outward appearance that you are this thing that they are now going to treat you like. That's just, it seems to me to be pretty obvious. If you are going to represent yourself to be something, you cannot be upset when people take you at your representation. So I know I'm a little bit down the rabbit hole here, but the, but the sheriff Making this policy, this is, oh, hang on. I got a, a tweet about this, too, which uh, is a brilliant tweet because it confirmed what I was saying. Um, Taylor, who says, Pete, CMPD does 99% of the law enforcement actions in Mecklenburg County, so this is a hollow policy he has committed to. Right. There's Right. This is a no-lose for him. This is no-lose for him. It's easy for him to implement this. He can just do this. He can win praise and plaudits from his... Uh, constituency, and he can stick it to those white people, right? He can send this message out to everybody. He can get the uh, the earned media coverage for all of it. He could be known as you know, like a warrior for equity and racial justice inside the Democratic law enforcement circles and stuff. But at the end of the day, it doesn't really have that much of an impact because the sheriff's office doesn't make the stops. Yeah, well, not a lot of them. They started doing more of them, but CMPD does like all of them. All of them. And even and so here's the thing. Even before this policy, according to the stats that he gave Brett Jensen, there were almost 8,300 traffic stops by deputies. About 6% of them were for non-moving violations. 552. That works out to be one and a half non-moving violation stops a day. One and a half. That's it. So, find, well, again, find the deputy that's making those stops and, like, there's your racist, right? If you think that this shows racial disparity... One and a half per day, that should be pretty easy to keep up with who the racist is in the ranks that's making the stops, don't you think? 1.5 a day? That's easy. Come on. This is like, or but maybe he doesn't have staff anymore. Yeah, I mean, maybe he doesn't have the staff to analyze the data because that is, I mean, if it's over at the 
sheriff's office headquarters over at the jail, maybe. All right, so I got some audio. We'll get to it. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. All right, so let me play one of these sound bites real quick, and then I'll get to you, Reed, uh, who's hanging on the phone. Uh, but I, I got to play this soundbite. Here's Sheriff Gary McFadden. He says, you know, there, there really isn't a reason to pull somebody over for a non-moving violation. Well, except, of course, for profiling. How do you get to that point to realize that his license is revoked or his insurance is not unless you profile that tag? What makes you run what? that to say his license is revoked? And here's what people have to understand. We will stop people still for speeding. Reckless driving, unsafe movement, school buses. And so at that time, if we find any of those violations or infractions, they will be cited and you still can be arrested. So we're not taking, we're not saying that you cannot be, I mean, cited for that. We're just saying if they're going on the road, what makes you believe that young man license is revoked? Does it, I'm sorry. It's, are people getting pulled over because... The probable cause is they have an expired license. Is that what's happening there? How do how does that happen? Again, if you have deputies on payroll that are pulling people over and saying, "Oh, he had his license suspended or revoked," first off, yeah, how would you know that? If you're if you got a deputy pulling people over and they all happen to be black and they all have had their licenses suspended, I'm thinking your deputy is a racist and he's profiling people, right? That would be the case because he's pulling a bunch of people over and the ones he is citing, they all are, are, are black and they're all with uh, revoked or suspended licenses. And there's no way you would know that unless, of course, you run the tag. If you're running tags and it comes back as a revoked license, then you pull them over. Well, now, what happens when you run tags of people who don't have suspended or revoked licenses? You don't pull them over. And so that doesn't show up in the data, does it? Right? If I'm a cop, or in this case, a deputy, and I'm driving down the road, and I just start scanning every tag I come across, or better yet, I've got the technology in my cruiser that's scanning the tags. It's not even me doing it. Right? I'm running... I'm, I'm running the computer or the, the, the gun or the radar gun or whatever it is, a little beep, beep thing, and it's, shoot, and it's going across all of the, uh, all the tags. And it's like, oh, this guy has the, the owner of this tag. Their license is suspended. Well, now, why is this person driving? They shouldn't be driving. That would be against the law. So let me pull them over. But if I'm running 1,000 tags and only 10 of them pop up as suspended and seven of those 10 people that have the suspended licenses are black. Does that mean that I'm pulling blacks over at a disproportionate rate because of racism? No, that's not what that means, but that's what morons with the data would say. And a right. And a desire to play the race card. All right, let me go over here to uh, Reed. Hello, Reed. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Pete. And to DJ for running a fantastic show. Always. Well, thanks. Uh, I was very frustrated last night. I think I've listened to this interview twice, and I heard him say a couple times he has to answer to his people. There's one side of town that a lot of his workers have to go to that people feel the same way as he does, and I heard that. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's let's get on. And you've already nailed it. 
he basically went around every question, never answered anything. If it was a hard question, he'd say, they can come visit me. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'll, I'll sit and meet with anybody. Look, just the other day, I, I sat and met with the county commissioner. Okay, so wait, hang on a second. A county commissioner getting two hours of your time is a little different than Joe Schmo coming in and saying, hey, I want to give you the what for over uh, over your policies. You know, the, the, the idea that, like, everybody needs to know, you know, Gary McFadden's heart and everything about his entire career in law enforcement before they should – make any kind of criticism is just it, it's it's laughable and it's absurdity 100 percent. all right we've nailed that second subject of i'd like park bakari to look into this we have a rally car problem we have apparently no noise limits on these cars mm. so if we apply, apply this policy that sheriff mcfadden's going to apply well it sounds like these cars are not going to be stopped i believe they're up to 140 or 150 decibels at night they ride the streets of South Boulevard. They ride the highway. They don't have to speed. I'm not talking about speeding 100 miles an hour. They can just, slow, like you said, yeah. slow down and kick it back up. They got nitro, nitrous and all kinds of special gigs to get their cars jacked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not talking about jacked up like California's Cisco kid. Right, I'm right, right. About to do the special stuff. And uh, if, the, if this is, and, and by the way, Yesterday I was picking up medication at the corner of Woodlawn and uh, South Boulevard. Yeah. And it was like the walking dead in the middle of the day. In the middle of the road, it was one thing. Everybody's seen panhandling for years in Charlotte. We've put up with that. Yeah, that area over there that you're talking about, it has gotten very bad. I, I, I would go through there twice a day when I first got back to Charlotte. I was living down uh, uh, around South Park and uh, would come down Woodlawn. I, I mean, when I first moved to town, I that was... That was my stomping grounds all through Woodlawn, all the way up to 77. That whole area, I used to go and frequent all the time. And it is, yeah, I mean, that corner has gotten completely out of control. I saw a guy injecting and bent over, you know, at the waist, you know, just probably just injected while the other partners out there, you know, it's insanity. And, uh, yes, thank you to the NYPD cop, who everybody that was listening from WFAE and NPR was cheering, saying, yay, he's frustrated. Third thing and final, Pete, and you've, you've really stepped up your game in this final trip to Charlotte. You are our new voice. You. And uh, that is, what are we going to do about the, uh, shoot, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, that is very on brand for me. Yeah, it, no, not, not for you, for me. Uh, I'll just leave that. All right, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you, Reed. Uh, uh, good to talk with you. i got to run to news. You're very kind. Oh, I mean, except the part about the producers. I don't know what that was about. But I appreciate it. <laughs>